Hello, 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 and welcome back to the SLP Corner Podcast. This week's guest is Courtney Brummond. She is an early intervention SLP, and she's also a private practice SLP where she serves children five and up, and she offers autism dating services and professional development, which I love, so make sure you check that out. Courtney is based out of Eugene, Oregon, and she has her private practice website, speakoutslp.com, so if you're in the Oregon Eugene, Oregon area, make sure to check that out. And she also has a blog, Say What Blog, where she tackles advocacy issues from a communication standpoint. So today we are going to dive into a conversation surrounding the fallacy of the speech teacher. I am super excited to have her on and talk about this. So with that, welcome to the podcast today. Oh, thanks for having me, Shannon. I'm really excited to have you on and you just have so many good ideas and so much to share. So I'm excited to kind of dive into these topics with you. First, like I want to talk about what do we mean when we say the fallacy of the speech teacher or why do some SLPs feel strongly about not being called speech teacher? Can can you kind of talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I think that it goes both ways. I feel like there are a huge group of us who are all about saying, you know, don't call yourself a speech teacher, either refer yourself as the speech language teacher or just a speech language pathologist. And then there's a other group of us that just for ease just says, you know, I'm the speech pathologist or I'm the speech teacher. And I think the fallacy there is that one, we're in the business of, you know, helping people with communication challenges and helping break down those communication barriers. And here's the irony is, we are really creating a miscommunication by telling people that we're a speech teacher. And so speech is just that. It's one mode of communication, which is talking. And that's just one piece of the overall communication umbrella, which is listening, speaking, reading, writing, and thinking. So our whole scope of practice is more than just talking. We bring a lot to the table. And so when we come in and we work with people and we say, I'm the speech pathologist, all that signifies is that we do talking. It's important for us to start putting ourselves in that light of we're a speech and language teacher and really focus on language, which is the whole heart of what we do. Yeah, I love that because I think so often when people hear speech teacher, they think like the classic, oh, you just fix R, right? Or, oh, you speech duration, right? And it's absolutely. Like- very problematic because it just takes away from all the other children who need our support. What are some of the negative outcomes of just calling ourselves speech therapists or speech teachers? How would this negatively affect children maybe who need our support or parents' ideas of what a speech language pathologist is? Can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think the negative outcome is we're not seen as anything but someone who does the articulation therapy. And we should be at the table discussing literacy, uh, social skills. We bring a lot of expertise in the areas of um, autism, stuttering, uh, reading. So when we limit ourselves to this idea that we're an articulation therapist, that is all we're seen as. And so we're missing a whole group of kids and people aren't thinking us, thinking about us as important players in the role of educating children in that critical population that really needs our support. So um, in my career, I think 
most of my challenges have been around this idea of advocacy and helping teams and administrators really understand that my training and expertise is not simply to help a child learn to say an S sound or to get their tongue behind their teeth. Um, it's really about helping capitalize on language acquisition, preventing reading challenges, you know, helping kids be at the, the lunch table with their friends through social skills training. And we're just not thought of that way. So anytime we try to step out of that little um, pigeonhole, they, you know, assume that one, we're out of place. You know, what are you doing? You should stay in your lane. You know, I've, and I've had administrators kind of approach me in that way. You know, if, if you just stayed in your office and stayed in your lane, you know, we wouldn't have people having challenges. And it's like, well, that's not what we went to school for either. And, and that's not my passion. One overarching issue here is that so many people don't understand the difference between speech and language. They, that's like almost the first problem. People don't realize there's a difference between speech and language. So sometimes I'll get referrals and I'm going to go on a tangent, but sometimes I'll get referrals from parents, from parents and they're like, oh, my child has speech issues. So then I'm thinking, well, now I've learned not to think this, but I was thinking like, oh, okay, like some artistic or monological issue. And then they come in and it's fully language, like receptive and expressive language. That's part of the problem. So people sometimes don't even make that difference in the first place, that there is a difference between speech and language. But right. then teachers, if they see us as a speech teacher, they're only going to refer the kids who have articulation challenges than all the other kids who need social support and things like AAC and different ways to communicate are being missed. So it's yes. just like a huge issue. So that's why I'm, I'm really happy we're talking about this. And I'm so surprised that I haven't had someone on the podcast yet to talk about this because it's a, it's a pretty big problem. I would say it's, you know, like I said, 90% of my career has been dealing with this battle. And, and we put ourselves in this position when we say I'm a speech pathologist or I'm a speech teacher. So even you mentioned my book my blog at the, at the beginning. And I think, you know, one of my first entries is about, you know, embracing the L in our name, you know, for one, we, none of us went to school to get ourselves in debt <laughs> just to come out and say like, all I like to do is our tick. Um, but there are definitely SLPs who are comfortable in articulation and that's where we like to stay. And so I think a lot of people in our profession would prefer to be the speech teacher and our scope of practice continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And so, you know, we deal with everything from swallowing and all of the other mechanisms that come along with communication. So it's a lot for us to handle. And sometimes it is easier just to stay in that lane of articulation therapy. Um, but you're right. We're missing out on all the other things that we could be doing. And, and it's in our wheelhouse. These are our skills that we should be, be capitalizing on if we really want to make a big impact. Just to like kind of summarize, since this is a snack episode, to how to, to summarize, how can we reduce this? Like one thing that's happened in Canada in recent years is that it used to be called the body that we're part of. Like you guys had ASHA, we had the SAC, which was Speech and Audiology Canada. And they actually recently changed it. So it's Speech um, Language Audiology Canada. So it has the language in it because it's very important that that's in. And I can't believe that that just happened. So right. what are some ways, like we don't, that's like a very large change, but what are some small things we can do in day-to-day -day life and when we're practicing as SLPs to reduce this issue? 
Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is uh, educating your colleagues, you know, offering some professional development about our, our scope of practice. Um, one of the things I always did at the beginning of the year was offered, you know, just a small PD with the rest of the staff about what is a speech and language pathologist and some of those things you discussed about what is language, you know, what is what is language and what is speech, you know, and speech is under language, but it's not the end all to what language has to offer. So, um, you know, giving some of those trainings to your staff, but also just making sure you throw that L in there and making sure that you don't reduce yourself to just the speech teacher and making sure you really advocate that, you know, I also do language intervention. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think like one small thing, if anyone listening to this episode, just that a little takeaway you can do is stop, stop, I'm like lecturing them, stop dropping <laughs> the L. Say your title. You can call yourself the the teacher thing is a whole other issue. Some SLPs don't like being called like have a teacher in their name, but you can call yourself speech language teacher, speech language therapist, speech language pathologist. Just just use the language part. For sure. Yeah. And I, I used to be one of those in grad school. I'd be like, oh, I'm not a teacher. And and then when I got out, I'm like, absolutely. You're an educator, you know, and, and some of the best educators are willing to continue to learn and grow. And so if we expect that out of our, 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 our clients, out of our students to learn and grow, then we are educators. So yeah, I would rather be called a teacher as long as you include the L. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Okay. Courtney, thank you so much for coming on this episode and quickly, um, can you share a little bit about your blog and a little bit about your, um, your private practice and your autism dating services just really quickly so people can know what they're going to see when they check it out. Yeah, so my speakoutslp.com is my website for my private practice, Speak Out. And on it, I have my blog, which is the Say What blog. And it's all about advocacy from the lens point, um, from the communication lens. And so I really want to tackle issues like, you know, racial justice, systemic challenges, and how that all impacts what we do as speech and language therapists. Um, In addition, I just started supporting autisms uh, with uh, adults with autism and helping them um, use those communication skills to foster healthy relationships. So yeah, I think it's something I always wanted to do. And I'm really hopeful that once this pandemic ends, then maybe we can get some dating services and some fun, you know, little activities to help promote, you know, uh, the population of autism. I love that so much. I think that's so awesome. So thank you so much for coming on and I will see everybody next Monday. Thanks, Shannon. Thank you.